here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rap Fantasy Football Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Nine Round Fantasy Football Podcast. Pat and Scott, we are in week number 10. We're, we're going to talk about our favorites for start and sit, talk about who's on the buy and why this has an effect on it, see who's leading in our little head-to-head duel. First, we would like to ask everybody out there, please like, subscribe, follow, share, give us some love here at the Nine Round. Uh, if you're looking to contact us via email we are the nine route ffb at gmail.com you can go to our website wwwthe route we are at the nine route on twitter i am also at scott from delco if you're interested in shooting the breeze liking some of our tweets based on fantasy or otherwise uh, and again any questions comments and concerns we're on youtube apple podcast podbean uh, so please head out there and take a listen. Uh, we're going to try to give you the information to help you go deep in your fantasy league all the way to a fantasy football championship. Pat, uh, how are we doing on bye weeks? Looks a little little lean for some teams, right? When We're going to try to give you some starts to help you figure out who you should play maybe in place of some of those guys. Yeah, not as bad as week nine, uh, but the six teams on bye. We do have four this week, uh, week 10, Baltimore, Cincinnati, New England Patriots and New York Jets. Definitely some pieces on all of those offenses that are going to be, you know, missed in your fantasy lineups. But like Scott said, we're going to give you some options that you can start, you know, in place of the guys that you're going to be missing and and hopefully, uh, you know, get you through that week and get you another win and, and get you one week closer to your fantasy playoffs where, you know, like you said, you just got to make the dance and, and hope the rest uh, just kind of falls into place as things go on. Uh, so far in our head-to-head matchups, going into this week, I'm ahead in our head-to-head for the season, 49-40. to 40. We also have that one draw. As far as our start sits for week nine individually, you are three and four with one inconclusive. So we do um, basically do like an inconclusive or an injury category. That's if somebody gets hurt in the middle of the game or if one of the guys that we pick uh, doesn't play or whatever. We don't we don't count that against our overall percentages as far as how many we got right and wrong. You do still have two pending. Chris Olave was one of your starts for week nine, still going tonight, and we're still waiting to to score one of your other uh, one of your other picks for week nine based off of uh, the top twelve type concept to see if you if you made that. Uh, I am four four and two heading into the Monday night game. I am also waiting on the Saints defense, who I said to sit this week, and waiting to see if Trevor Lawrence ends up being a top 12 quarterback after all of the games have finished for week nine. So that is where we are at heading in for, at least for our little competition, heading into week 10. It looks like uh, in the head to head, I took seven to three. We're assuming here that uh, you're going to win the Alave because. The guy, my start of the week, ended up going out after one series. So uh, Alave is going to get you uh, a win on that one, but it's it's not going to be enough to hold me off. I am going to take this week seven to three and stretch out my lead a little bit further. Um, but I, I feel like every time you go first, I do well. 
So I am going to uh, I am going to give you the honors of going first in our start sit this week. Gee, thanks. So yeah, you're going to take <laughs> your victory lap while I talk about who is not going to do well this week. All right, so folks, ignore the next uh, 20 minutes of me talking, and you should do very well. Uh, no, all kidding aside, no worries. Start sits. Quarterbacks, start of the week. I would like one James Garoppolo of the San Francisco 49ers going up against the Los Angeles Chargers. Jimmy G has definitely seen a little bump in both production. Uh, obviously did not start the season. Trey Lance did a little damage and then got damaged and the rest is history. Jimmy G, number 11 right now in our league of record coming into week nine, about number seven over the last four weeks and has seen a little bit of a bump thanks to a certain running back named Christian McCaffrey acquired via a trade. Again, he's starting to put up numbers and stats. You're starting to see a little bit of life in that offense. I know a lot of the local fans in San Francisco can't stand him. Uh, they think he's the worst thing and he's a turnover machine. All I know is that the guy wins some big games. Uh, he loses some too. He's a quarterback. Things happen. I do like the matchup this week against the Chargers. I think that Again, they struggled a little bit uh, against Mariota. Again, he didn't have great numbers, but again, they don't have an offense nearly as capable as Garoppolo does with the rest of his weapons. Uh, if Debo Samuel is back, feeling 100%, Brandon Ayuk has had a very nice season. And we did mention the, uh, a certain running back, George Kittle's there as well. Uh, I think he's going to have himself a nice game. I think he's got top 10 potential for this week. Uh, maybe a little bit better, but I do think Jimmy G is the start of the week. Again, not a basic one. We're not saying Mahomes. We know that. Yes, Jimmy G this week against the Chargers. Yeah, he'll get you through if you need him. I uh, I was the first one to uh, enter the start sits this week, so I got the pick of the litter, and <clears throat> that that puppy happens to be Justin Fields versus the Detroit Lions. Fields, as we mentioned in our last episode, finished week nine as the QB one on the week. And as we talked about last week, the Bears are finally calling plays based on his strengths. Even though he had an NFL regular season record, 178 rushing yards in week nine, he also threw the most passes that he's thrown in a game all season. Now that he's running the ball a little bit more and keeping opposing defenses a little bit more honest, things are starting to open up for him in the passing game. And, you know, you would think NFL caliber coaching staff would have kind of figured that out before the season started, but apparently it took them four or five weeks to realize what they had in Justin Fields and to sort of build the pathway for him to, you know, being a, a top 10 quarterback. I believe he's a top, I want to say he's QB seven on the season as of right now. Just crazy considering where he came from, you know, just earlier in the season where he couldn't get right, wasn't throwing more than you know, 15 passes in a game and even then wasn't completing, you know, more than 60% of those passes. So just a complete 180 for fields. Now he gets the Lions in week 10. There's a 30th ranked defense versus the quarterback position. And that only makes this matchup uh, that much juicier. Uh, I think that fields is a guy who, uh, again, like we talked about in our waiver wire episode earlier in the week, he's a guy that I think you can pick up and probably just plug into your lineup every single week from here on out. I, I think that now that, uh, you know, the, the cheat code has been entered and the Bears coaching staff understands what to do with fields, things are going to be a lot better for him fantasy-wise. Uh, you're going to see the rushing yards increase like he did, obviously, in Week 9. He's not obviously going to rush for 178 yards every week, but he's averaging, 
twice as many rushing yards in the last four weeks as he did, or excuse me, in the last four games as he did in the first four games. So now that he's doing what he was created to do, he's starting to become the quarterback that I think everybody thought he could be coming into the season. Uh, moving on to my start of the week at the running back position. Uh, this is starting to become a little bit more of a, a no-brainer, I guess you could kind of say at this point. Um, Travis Etienne versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, the guy's really just coming into his own. I know some people, uh, you know, last year there was Liz Frank, uh, had to miss the season. People were a little suspect, but most people expected him to have a big breakout season. He was highly touted. Make sure you get him. James Robinson goes and starts the season and looks like he's quite the capable running back and Etienne's getting some crumbs along the way. And then you started to see a little bit of a gear shift with Etienne taking over the backfield. James Robinson obviously then traded to the New York Jets to make up for the Brees Hall injury. Over the last four weeks, uh, RB10, fourth in yards. Uh, he's 11th overall in the season, uh, number seven in the last two weeks. Uh, he's averaging 9.2 yards of reception. So he, he can kind of do it all from that running back position on an offense that's just starting to come together as a whole, playing with Trevor Lawrence, his college quarterback, good coaching staff down there, and a good culture. I, I think you're starting to see this happen. Going up against the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, you're definitely looking to start players against their defense, which sometimes they do put up and, and kind of shut you down a little bit, but it's very rare. Uh, and when it comes to the running back position, they're not that great. Again, they're about middle of the road. But looking at a player of this caliber that has really been able to do what he can do is something amazing. And by the way, against running backs, Kansas City Chiefs have given up the most receptions overall, 63 for 446 yards and two touchdowns. So I do think that uh, our friend Travis is going to be the start of the week at running back. Yeah, he could be the RB1 in that game on the week. Honestly, he's he's been that good. Mm-hmm. I am going to stick with that Detroit-Chicago game, and I'm going to take Jamal Williams as my start for uh, my running back for this week. Probably not going to be the RB1 on the week, uh, especially with DeAndre Swift back, but this is the third week in a row that I've picked against the Chicago Bears at the running back position, but this is where we're at in the season. The Bears have just been really bad uh, against running backs. They're the fourth worst defense versus the position they give up roughly 26.6 PPR points per game. They just actually gave up two top 30 running back uh, weeks to the Miami Dolphins, who are known for their passing game and not necessarily their running game. So that just shows that teams who don't really burst the ball into their running backs' hands are still getting good quality production out of their running backs against the Bears. And those of you who have DeAndre Swift on your roster, I'm sure you've heard, um, if you haven't, you're about to hear it for the first time, in an interview last week before the uh, week nine game said that, you know, the injury that he sustained probably is going to keep him at less than a hundred percent for the entire season. It's not something that, you know, it just gets better, especially when you're practicing and playing in games. Swift had two carries this past week against green Bay and did still get some work out of the backfield as a, you know, receiver. I think you're going to see Deandre Swift sort of morph into more of a um, Naheem Hines, J.D. McKissick type role where he's really just the pass catching back and Jamal Williams is going to handle uh, the majority of the the running back snaps and, and handoffs and things like that. So if you were savvy enough to draft Jamal Williams this year as like a handcuff or a committee back, he's paying off pretty handsomely for you so far this year. 
And I don't really see that stopping this week against the Chicago Bears defense that just bleeds points to the running back position. Wide receivers. I like, I can like him now because he's not on Dallas. Uh, I like Amari Cooper of the Cleveland Browns going up against the Miami Dolphins this week. We are also, I believe, are we a week away from uh, Deshaun Watson? Isn't he coming back? No, we're week 13. Is 13. Okay. Gotcha. I wasn't sure. I thought it was 11. I knew it was an odd number. Just wasn't It sure. was 11 games. games. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you got a little bit of a swan song there. Amari Cooper with Jacoby Brissett. And uh, Amari Cooper's had you know, quietly a very nice season. It's an offense that's known for running the football with Cleveland. Uh, obviously, Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt and the like. But as far as Amari Cooper... Uh, it last four weeks uh, coming into this week, he was number six in, uh, you know, including three touchdowns, kind of a little touchdown dependent. Uh, if you look at three games where he scored 10 points or less, he did not have a touchdown in those games. So overall, like that would be maybe one little thing to be a little weary of. But at the end of the day, I, I do think that, again, he is the wide receiver one on an offense that's, you know, again, run based, but you know they have a good quarterback uh, or a decent one right now with with Brissett, who's capable and doesn't make too many mistakes. Uh, but he is their go to guy, and to go up against that Miami offense, that again, they're in the tenth worst roughly uh, against the wide receiver position, uh, but they do bleed points and they do not have really the ability to cover a lot of teams top wide out. You know, when it when it comes down to it, so seeing that driven up the fourth most receptions in the league. So I think Amari Cooper has that top 10, possibly top seven or eight potential uh, for wide receiver this week in week 10. My start of the week at the wide receiver position is going to be Devonta Smith from the Philadelphia Eagles going up against the Washington Commanders. Uh, Smith has been very up and down this season, which is kind of to be expected of a number two pass catching option in an offense. Now that the Eagles have A.J. Brown, uh, obviously, Smith was not going to lead the team in targets like he did last year. This week, though, he gets to go up against Kendall Fuller and Benjamin St. Juiced, two of the worst-graded coverage cornerbacks, according to Pro Football Focus. And the Commanders as a team are the eighth-worst team versus the wide receiver position, giving up 36.3 PPR fantasy points per game to the wide receiver position. And I don't know if you follow a lot of you know social media on fantasy football social media but uh, if you do and you follow Devonte smith after the thursday night game he posted something on twitter and i'm going to paraphrase here uh, obviously because we keep the show clean as clean as we can but his twitter feed he had a message that just said i just want to let y'all know idgaf about y'all fantasy team basically what that means to me is that he was probably getting some flack for his lack of production uh, in that game and, and over the last few weeks. And I can see Jalen Hurts being the type of guy who, you know, hears that and that people are giving him crap uh, on Twitter and just absolutely just targets him to the point where he can't breathe anymore uh, against this Washington team. And I, I truly believe that that's what's going to happen. I, I think that Smith is going to be the focal point of the offense this week versus Washington, sort of like he was in week three when he went eight for 169 and a touchdown on 12 targets. Uh, it was one of only two games this season where he's gotten double-digit targets, but I, I do believe that he's going to see double-digit targets again against uh, the same Washington Commanders team. 
I think that the Eagles are going to roll and that Devontae Smith is going to have a really good game this week. On this one, I I hope you're right. Uh, (laughs) All right. Next, tight end position. Going to uh, utilize some of your love and mojo from your quarterback start. Uh, I'm looking for Cole Komet of the Chicago Bears against the Detroit Lions, who are about eh, top three worst, top four worst against the tight end position. Again, you know, I don't know a lot of people were high on him coming into the season and and uh, i was one of them i thought you know obviously with the concepts of you know touchdown progression regression and and starting to see some life in him and the offense and things like that that maybe you know maybe he had a shot and it really hasn't translated too much that all changed yesterday five catches on six targets 41 yards and two touchdowns so if something has changed and a switch has been flipped in this offense uh, and he's going to be a part of it. May not be every week, but I think it's going to consistently stay in that ballpark uh, of maybe a 15 to 20 point guy, maybe at least double digits, which is great for tight end this week against Detroit. So Cole Komet for me, yeah, I, I say he's a no brainer start. Uh, I think he's got top five, six potential at the tight end position this week. Uh, nice replacement too, for those of you that are Sands, Mark Andrews already, he might be available in some of your leagues. Yeah, I uh, I think the Bears' offensive turnaround is going to be good for everybody on that on that roster, and I think that you know all the you know the Cole Komets, the Darnell Mooney's, even you know Chase Claypool now being on that team. I think now that the Bears are starting to to unlock Justin Fields, like I said earlier, uh, that's a good thing for everybody in this offense. The more they have the ball, the more first downs they make, the more they're in the red zone. The more everybody on that team is going to score fantasy points, and I think that you know moving forward, I, I truly think that if you can if you can get guys like Fields, like Mooney, like Komet in a trade, definitely go out and try to do that. Especially if you can if you can dump off some expiring pieces. Yeah, I, I had mentioned in our trade episode trading away a guy like Michael Pittman for the Indianapolis Colts. I'm not saying do a Pittman for Darnell Mooney straight up. Because I think Pittman's value is still, uh, you know, a little bit higher. But you could trade Pittman away to the Darnell Mooney owner, get Mooney and another piece, and probably have a better wide receiver moving forward uh, for the rest of the season. So I, I really like that call with Cole Komet. Uh, I do like Mooney this week. I didn't make him my start of the week, but uh, I, I do think that that Bears offense is finally moving in the right direction. And I think that you need to start, start all your bears, except David Montgomery. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that Justin Fields has taken all the rushing yards, uh, you know, yeah. maybe the running backs uh, will, will start to fade and, and the pass catchers will start to pick up a little bit, but we'll see. Uh, at my start of the week for the tight end is going to be Jawan Johnson versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are not terrible against the tight end position. With this one, it's just I normally don't go with my gut, but with this one, I, I kind of did. I just feel like with all the pass catching options that are missing in New Orleans, especially with Michael Thomas now being gone for the season, I just feel like Juwan Johnson's going to continue to be a big part of their offense. Over the last three weeks, he's played uh, at least 73% of the snaps, uh, isn't targeted a ton, but averages about five targets a game and is really used a lot in the red zone. And you know, again, this is one of those things where when we do these start sits, you know, I'm not going to come on here and say, you know, start Travis Kelsey because, you know, nobody needs to waste 45 minutes of their day listening to somebody say that. 
I'm trying to give you somebody here that I think you can plug and play. Again, if you are missing a guy, like Scott said, uh, like a Mark Andrews who's going to be on by, like a Hayden Hurst who's going to be on by, you know, one of those guys. Or again, if there's any injuries, Juwan Johnson is becoming a bigger part of the Saints offense and what they do. And I think he's a, a viable, this is more of like a streaming option. I think he's a viable streamer this week if, uh, you know, if you're missing one of those top guys or you just have an injury at the position and you need somebody to fill in. I, I really like Jawan Johnson. I can see him catching a touchdown or two against the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, moving on. Finally, at the defense, start of the week. Uh, I kind of like the Tennessee Titans a little bit. Going up against the Denver Broncos, I know it's going to be a little bit of a shorter week, and uh, they did okay. They kind of held their own, uh, couldn't win the game, but did catch seven points in our league of record against the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, that overtime changes things. Maybe they get back into double digits or, or close to it. They've had one really bad game against Buffalo at the beginning of the season and obviously scored no points or in their bye week. After the Buffalo game, they had a low of three. And then ever since, they've been pretty solid, uh, starting against Indianapolis, which, again, they're, that's a tough team anyway uh, uh, when it comes to having a good offense. But they put up 10-6. They were out for the bye. Uh, they come back and they do 19 against Indianapolis and then piled it on there. Nine against Houston, and again, the seven against Kansas City. So, again, they've been pretty consistent uh, in the last couple of weeks. They've floated around the second or third best and, and six in about the last four. So I do like them, and I think, again, they're going to be home against this Denver Broncos team. You know, I, I kind of lean that way, and I think they're going to be a little ticked off that they lost the way they did. Pat Mahomes and, and Russell Wilson, while mentioned in the same breath, as great quarterbacks right now are in totally different paths of their career. Uh, offenses are totally different to speak with as well. And again, as long as they can stop somebody like a Greg Dolchich from from blowing up a game, I don't think they'll have too much trouble. And, and I think they stop Denver, keep the points low, the yardage low, and win pretty convincingly to be a top 10 defense for the week number 10. Yeah, they looked really good in that game. I uh, I actually <laughs> I actually had a, a, a bet started for that game uh, earlier in the day. Something came up. I had to put my phone down. Ended up not going back and actually clicking the button to put the bet in. And then the game started and I went and I checked and I was like, where's my, oh, you got to be kidding me. It was, uh, it was Tennessee, Tennessee plus 13 and a half, Derrick Henry to have over 88 yards rushing and, uh, and a touchdown, I believe. And I was, it was like a, whatever, it was like a $10 bet. It was going to win me like $160 or something like that. It wasn't a big deal, but totally would have crushed that bet, of course, because I didn't ever get to put it in but uh yeah the tennessee defense is i am not sleeping on tennessee's defense they're they're really good and uh mike rabel's got them playing i mean you gotta remember tennessee was they were the number one seed in the afc last year i mean they're not a bad team they just you know they've had some struggles at quarterback with ryan Tannehill being out the last two games and their offense is is not anywhere near where it could be but uh they're they're an excellent defensive team and they can run the ball and slow the game down and yeah, I, I like Tennessee's defense pretty much against anybody. I, I, w- I wouldn't have played them against Kansas City, but it, it doesn't look like it would have hurt. I mean, they scored, like I said, they scored seven points against them. So my start of the week at the defense position is going to be the Arizona Cardinals versus the L.A. Rams. For being the defending Super Bowl champs, uh, the Rams are absolutely terrible on offense this year. They're bottom three in the league in points scored, yards, 
and yards per play. They rank in the bottom 10 in turnovers, red zone attempts, and red zone efficiency. I mean, they're just plain bad this year. Aside from the Stafford Cup connection, they offer almost nothing on the offensive side of the ball. And the Cardinals have actually been a pretty good defense despite their wins and losses. They're a top 12 in turnovers forced on the season, and they have the most defensive touchdowns scored on the year with five. Now, I'm not saying or predicting that they're going to score a defensive touchdown because that's nearly impossible to do. But I'd say the chances are probably better that they will than any other team in the league, considering how often the Rams turn the ball over and how good the Cardinals have been with finding the end zone on some of these turnovers. So, again, Rams are not one of those teams that uh, that you're going to be afraid of starting a defense against this year. And I'm going to go ahead and do it in Week 10 with the Cardinals. Good luck to you, buddy. You're going to need it. <laughs> Speaking of those Cardinals. Says, says the guy who's down 40 to 49. Uh, it's still early. we got plenty of time, man. It's only week <laughs> 10. Relax. Relax, bro. Um, so, speaking of those uh, Arizona Cardinals, uh, my sit of the week. Let's start sitting. Let's start at quarterback. And this guy doesn't have to go far to sit because he's real short. Uh, Kyler wow. Murray. Yeah. Yeah, it was coming. That's Sorry. dirty. Um, <laughs> Kyler Murray of the Arizona Cardinals against the Los Angeles Rams. He's not quite my Baker Mayfield, but I'm not a big fan. He, going against the Rams, to say that they own him is an understatement. Uh, in his career, he is one and six, seven touchdowns, six interceptions. He's been sacked 20 times. He's fumbled six times, lost three of them. He's had 98 incompletions, a 63% completion percentage, and only averaged about 14 points a game with one high being 22 and a low, low of three. Rams give up 14 points a game to the quarterback. I just think it's going to be business as usual for this team. So a Kyler Murray, sorry, buddy. Uh, you're going to have to, uh, you're going to have to sit on the bench this week. Uh, you're not going to be a good quarterback. Yeah, those NFC West games always turn into really ugly, low-scoring games. It's almost like uh, it's almost like the AFC North. It's like those teams score on everybody else, and then they play each other, and it's like thirteen to ten. Yeah, bloodbath. Uh, although uh, some of those offenses starting to step up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, my set this week at quarterback is going to be Daniel Jones versus the Houston Texans. Jones may look like a good start this week versus Houston, but we talked about this before with the Texans and how they're the worst team in the league versus the run. QBs tend to not really do much against them, partially because they're actually decent in the secondary and partially because they are so bad against the run and they get behind so quickly that there's almost no need for teams to throw against them. Combine that with the Giants' reliance on Saquon Barkley for offense so far this year, and the lack of any good and or healthy wide receivers, pass catchers. They lost Sterling Shepard. They lost their rookie, Daniel Bellinger. Uh, Kenny Galladay is, I, I think he's changed his name and moved to a different country at this point. Daniel Jones just doesn't really have a lot of people to throw to. And there's going to really be no need for him to get out of the pocket and scramble, which is where he gets a lot of his fantasy points in this game. Unless... Somehow the Texans keep it close, which they did against the Eagles, but I'm not counting on that. The Giants' defense has been pretty stout so far this year, and I don't see Houston scoring a ton of points against them. So uh, I think the Giants are going to have a fairly easy walk in this one, and uh, you're going to see a big day from Saquon Barkley, but uh, not really much from, from Daniel Jones, unfortunately. So definitely sit him this week against the Texans. 
Moving to running back, going to kind of go for the combo. Uh, I know with Aaron Jones, uh, there is a little bit of a question about how injury may come to factor in. Obviously, it looks right now like he's able to play. But if not, I'll go the same route with A.J. Dillon. Uh, and I, again, I take them both because you could see a little bit of a split. Going up against the Dallas Cowboys, who are about the fifth best defense against that running back position. Coming off a bye, so they're definitely going to be ready for it. Green Bay, right? you know, we talked about all the injuries to the wide receiver core. Obviously, David Bakhtari, if he's hurt, you know, that the team is in free fall. Uh, we know that for sure. Again, you went up against Detroit, who doesn't have a defense that can really stop a lot of fantasy spots. And both running backs combined for 20 carries for 59 yards. They both combined for four catches for 30 yards. And that's against a, a bottom feeder defense. Uh, albeit it's, you know, a division game. They're going to play you tough. Uh, going up against Dallas is juiced up to win that. You know, they're they're hyping it up on, on Fox that it's Dallas and Green Bay rivalry renewed because, of course, they get to showcase Dallas kicking the snot out of a, a JV team that is the Green Bay Packers. Um, yeah, just keep running that narrative. Don't forget about the Monday night game when the Eagles destroy the Washington Commanders. But anyway, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, it doesn't matter. Bob Dylan could be playing. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's going to be bad this week against those Dallas Cowboys. So I would sit anything that resembles a Green Bay running back. I definitely would not play Bob Dylan in an NFL game. I agree. Oh, geez, uh, they're going to be tangled up in blue. That's the problem. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So my sit this week is going to be Melvin Gordon versus the Tennessee Titans. You mentioned uh, how ten how good Tennessee's defense has been the past few weeks. Uh, I actually picked my sit against the Tennessee Titans this past week. Uh, I picked Clyde Edwards-Alaire, one of the ones I got right, because the Titans' defense has just been really good. Um, I probably could have just left my notes for this sit the same as last week because the situation in Denver is very similar to the situation in Kansas City. It's a committee backfield with other guys who are capable and a team that basically is unwilling to commit to Melvin Gordon as the main guy. They actually just traded for Chase Edmonds at the deadline, which murks up the backfield even more. And the Broncos offense has already been abysmal so far this year. So you don't see a whole lot of scoring opportunity or touchdown opportunity for uh, Melvin Gordon in this game, especially again, considering how good the Tennessee defense has been with all that going against Gordon as well as Edmonds and Murray, if you were thinking about starting any of them. Again, they have to take on this this Titans defense, who's the fourth-best team, giving up just 18.2 fantasy points per game to the running back position. I mean, I wouldn't play any Denver running back this week if you had any of these guys on your roster. I'm kind of singling out Gordon in this instance because I think he's probably the guy who most fantasy owners maybe would consider playing. Um, and he's honestly the guy that I would have the, the least confidence in. I think if I had to play a Denver running back this week, it would probably be Chase Edmonds, believe it or not, just because I think that the Titans are so good on the ground that you kind of have to throw the ball against them. And uh, Edmonds is obviously the going to be the pass catching back there in Denver. Uh, not really Murray's strong suit. Gordon catches some passes out of the backfield, but he's not really a, a pass catching specialist like Chase Edmonds is. So, if I absolutely had to, to pick one of these guys to have the best fantasy day, I think it would be Edmonds, but I, I definitely would not want to start any of those three if I had to, but uh, definitely sit. If you're thinking about playing Melvin Gordon, definitely sit him this week uh, against the Tennessee Titans. All right, moving on. Wide receiver sits of the week. 
this one might seem a little like a, a duh, but at the same time, you know, coming into the season and prior to kind of like last week for a lot of people, he is a wide receiver one in a starting NFL offense. This is not the week, and I kind of have a feeling that this might be uh, taps playing in the background sooner than later <laughs> for one Brandon Cooks of the Houston Texans going up against the New York football Giants. Uh, they're about top five defense against the wide receiver position. Yeah, Brandon Cooks has not been doing that well. I guess it, it, it's not to be understood that, yes, he plays for Houston, and you know that's a a major factor when it comes to being a solid NFL offensive piece. Damian Pierce seems to be the only signs of life down there for that offense. And that being said, uh, you know, I was kind of high on him in the hopes that he would show a little bit of the magic that he had like for the last year and a half or so with the Houston Texans. And it's just not happening. He sat for personal reasons against the Philadelphia Eagles. Cause it sounds like he was very upset that he was not traded at the deadline to a potential, uh, you know, playoff team. Uh, he's only number 49 in our league of record for week nine moving forward. Uh, last four weeks, wide receiver 63 coming into this week. And again, that factors in a bye week. It also factors in him sitting, which is not something that you want to have happen. Again, you're starting to see the target chair move around a little bit. Nico Collins has been healthy. Chris Moore, who's been like a little blip on the radar for him uh, as well. So I do feel like Brandon Cooks is a definite no start this week and I hope not, because uh, again, I have him on some of my teams in my leagues I, that he's got that potential down the road to be a, a straight cut. Uh, you know, if they just look to step away from him and he steps away from them and they just go their separate ways, Houston has nothing to play for. So it would be prudent for team chemistry to maybe uh, cut ties. And you might have to do that too. For this week, no Brandon Cooks. We'll see about the future. Definitely agree with that one. My sit of the week at the wide receiver position is going to be in that same game. I'm going to sit Wandell Robinson versus the Texans. Basically for all the reasons that I'm sitting Daniel Jones, the Texans ranked third versus the wide receiver position in fantasy football. And even though Wandale, I believe is the wide receiver to own in this giants offense, this is not the week to put him in your lineup. As I said, a few minutes ago, the Texans have a better defensive backfield than they get credit for. And they get beat up so much on the ground that wide receivers are just not necessary against the Texans. I would definitely hold on to Robinson. I think he's going to be a, a very good fantasy asset moving forward. Better days are definitely ahead for him, just not this week versus the Texans. That I do agree with, sir. Next, tight ends. Let's see what we're talking about here. Tight ends. Uh, we know a little bit about him here at the nine route, and we know one guy, one Gerald Everett of the Los Angeles Chargers. He's been a pretty decent, consistent performer. One, we say consistent, he's been one of the healthiest, so that definitely helps in a passing offense that you know features the likes of Keenan Allen, who's been injured. Mike Williams been injured. Jalen Guyton now for the season. Josh Palmer was just their wide receiver one and did have a great game in, in place of those guys. Everett has been consistent throughout the season. He has had two stinkers of games, uh, and those are against defenses that are pretty tough against the tight end position with attacking linebackers and defenses that try to swarm the quarterback. You're playing the San Francisco 49ers this week. Those two defenses were Cleveland and Jacksonville, respectively. I feel like this is just going to be a tough, bad matchup for him to get open, get things going. I think he's going to be utilized a lot to help protect the quarterback, uh, try to create some running lanes for Austin Eckler, things of that nature. 
Uh, and again, I think San Fran is kind of sitting back and expecting, you know, looking around the field and saying, if it's just Josh Palmer, Eckler, and Everett that are the most consistent guys, I know DeAndre Carter is the name too. I feel like Everett is going to struggle this week to put up his consistent, you know, seven, eight, nine points this week. I feel like he's going to be five or less, which I think he could find a better option. Not getting rid of him for the season, but tough matchup against the Niners. Don't like him in this spot. So Gerald Everett, unfortunately for this week, you will be sitting on my bench. All right. And I am going to sit Pat Fryermuth this week versus the New Orleans Saints. The Saints give up a league low 6.9 PPR points per game to the tight end position and basically just have a solid defense overall. Fryermuth does most of his damage in the red zone and the Saints rank fourth in opposing red zone attempts. They're tied for third in red zone touchdowns allowed and tied for seventh in red zone touchdown percentage. Uh, just not a good combination for what Pat Fryermuth does well. He's still a, an integral part of their offense, but I really haven't seen the Steelers offense doing a whole lot recently. Uh, I thought Kenny Pickett was going to come in and sort of you know be a spark for that offense, but it doesn't really seem as though that's been the case so far. You know, maybe. Coming out of their bye, they're you know getting that extra week of of rest and preparation. Uh, you know maybe their offense starts to turn things around, but uh, against this pretty stingy New Orleans defense, I wouldn't bet on that. And so I would say if you have a better option, I know it's tough. Fryermuth has only finished outside the top twelve tight ends twice so far this year, so it's really difficult to sit a guy like that when he's active. But uh, if you have a better option. I would I would look to put one in your lineup instead of Fryermuth this week against the Saints. Yeah, uh, definitely a tough, tough defense uh, against that position. Finally, defense. Speaking of defense, we are talking about our defensive sit of the week. The Cleveland Browns are known as a ground and pound, three yards in a cloud of dust offense with Nick Chubb leading the way. They average five yards a carry. They average 164 yards a game. There's going to be a fish out of water this week against the Cleveland Browns, and that is the Miami Dolphins defense. Um, <laughs> Technically, they're mammals, but go ahead. They got gills. They got gills. Uh, well, yeah, Dolphins, that's true. No, they, no, they have blowholes. Yeah, they do. That's right. Yep, you got me on that. Uh, definitely a fish out of water, so to speak, with the Miami Dolphins. That being said, against the Cleveland Browns, the, uh, the Miami Dolphins give up 4.6 yards a carry. Uh, they've given up 11 rushing touchdowns this season. And again, to go up against one of the best running teams in the NFL, the team that literally makes its bones off of that uh, with a great one-two punch, a great offensive line, a team that's probably going to look to control that football from start to finish and not allow that high-powered offense to do damage against them. I, I think that this is going to be a very tough matchup. Albeit the, the concussion was a big factor with Tua. They struggled a little bit against Cincinnati, but I really feel like Cleveland's going to do just that. They're going to they're gonna run all over them. They're going to keep that ball away. They're going to put up points against Miami and really just turn them into a defense that wouldn't even be considered top 12. I feel like a potential for negative points, maybe a minus one, maybe a minus two with a total yard domination type game because uh, Cleveland's quietly looking like they're a good football team that's really starting to come together on offense. So, Again, Amari um, Cooper was my start of the week. I like that as well. I feel like overall that Cleveland is really going to take them to task, and Miami will be a, a bottom five defense. 
Um, my sit this week, the defensive position is going to be the 49ers versus the LA Chargers. The 49ers are a top five scoring defense. I was, I was trying to really give a defense here that you know people were considering starting, and uh, I think the Niners are, are just that. But the Chargers are, are finding their offense finally, even with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams out, and there's a chance, a small chance, that Allen could be back this week. But even if he doesn't play, the Chargers have had little trouble moving the ball and scoring points in the last four games. I think Justin Herbert is finally seems to be fully recovered from his early season rib injury. And Austin Eckler is finally back to his 2021 ways, scoring 10 touchdowns in his last five games. The Chargers also rarely turn the ball over. They've committed only nine turnovers so far in eight games, give up the fewest amount of sacks so far in the league with just 10. And as much as I love what the 49ers are doing on defense this year, I'd be very nervous to start them against this Chargers team that looks like they're finally starting to hit their stride. Definitely uh, uh, going to be a, a good game. This is another one of the games that I'm really looking forward to watching. Uh, this, the Chargers have had trouble uh, stopping the run, so definitely could see a, a, a slower-paced game from the 49ers, and uh, that definitely would lead to uh, you know the Chargers Trying to be a little bit more pass heavy, I think, in, in this game. The Niners have a really good run defense as well. So, and, and Eckler does most of his damage as a receiver out of the backfield. So, definitely not a great matchup for the 49ers. You know, from what I was looking at, there's not a ton of good defensive matchups out there this week. But if you have the 49ers and, you know, there's, a, there's another option out there, uh, I would definitely uh, attempt to go out and, and maybe grab another option for week 10. Good luck to you, Pat. I think I got you this week. Uh, yeah, speaking of, got you for this week. Uh, I think that concludes our starts and sits. Uh, so just to go back through real quick, Pat is starting Justin Fields, Jamal Williams, Devonta Smith, Jawan Johnson, and the Arizona Cardinals defense. I am starting Jimmy Garoppolo, Travis Etienne, Amari Cooper, Cole Komet, and the Tennessee Titans. Pat, you are sitting Daniel Jones, Melvin Gordon, Wandale Moore, Pat Fryermuth, and the San Francisco 49ers. I am sitting Kyler Murray, uh, the tandem of Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Brandon Cooks, Gerald Everett, and the Miami Dolphins. And I will only take one point for that running back thing with the two. So uh, Yeah, yeah. We'll well, you're, yeah, you're going to lose either way. So it's uh, Come on, come on now. They're both going to score more than Melvin Gordon. Trust me. I, knowing this year's NFL back, who knows, man? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's very true. Um, but, yeah, folks, I think that's going to do it here for us at the nine route for our week 10 starts and sits. Again, we do appreciate everybody. If you give us a like, subscribe, share. We're looking at Apple Podcasts, Podbean. We're on YouTube. We have our website, www.thenineroutffb.com, with links to all those. You could email us at thenineroutffb at gmail.com. If you're on Twitter, we are at the nine route. I am at Scott from Delco. You can uh, shoot the breeze, fantasy football wise or other. Uh, you know, mention maybe that you like the show or, or, or we're interested in a take good, bad or ugly based off of what we like and don't like for starts and sits or uh, again, our waiver wire pickups, maybe it helped you out win a week. And, and that's the kind of stuff we, we like to hear. 
Uh, I know we did help a gentleman win his fantasy football league last year because of following our direction. So, you know, not to toot our own horn so much, but we definitely are looking forward to being part of your team that helps you uh, get your fantasy football team over the hump, down the road, go deep into your playoffs and further. Also like to thank Mickey's Port-A-Call Pub. We are big fans of Mickey's, obviously, here at the Nine Route. We're always looking to uh, mention to people to head on down to Mickey's. Uh, you know, it's one of the best spots in Tuckerton, New Jersey. Mickey's Port-A-Call Pub is always open with happy hours and specials, a great place to go catch the game, no matter where you're at. Uh, obviously, if you're near 327 East Main Street, Tuckerton, New Jersey, drop in, swing by. It's a place for friends and family to meet. Big fan of Mickey's and, and the support they give us. And, and again, it's a great place, you said, to catch a bite with for a game or or bring the family down to dinner, lunch. Yeah, absolutely. Mickey's is uh, Mickey's is awesome. I, uh, I think I might head down there this week. I have off Thursday and Friday from my normal day job. So uh, maybe shoot down there and catch the Thursday night game and have a couple beers. So. Yeah, I just want to say, again, just reiterating what Scott said. Thank you all for listening, liking, following, subscribing, you know, all those little buttons that you hit on the different places where you can hear us. We do appreciate everyone listening, and we will be here for you next week, giving you some more waiver wire pickups and some more start sits for week 11. Until then, Scott. Peace.